Welcome to another episode of Off Air. This is your weekly news and pop podcast with two mates, Nick Stewart and myself, Tim Rubin. We've got a lot of media experience between us, television, radio, uh, social media, and we combine our skills and then we try to break down the top three stories of the week for you. And uh, it's for you, but it's also by you because we like you to be a part of it. We have a Facebook group. If you jump onto your Facebook, do it right now. Jump on Facebook, search Off Air Podcast Community. It's a private group where we discuss the topics each week um, and we find out your thoughts on all of the issues. So you can be a part of our podcast as well. In fact, we love you to uh, be, a, be a part of it and tell us your thoughts. This week, we are going to be pulling apart the right to free speech on social media. Boy, that has been blowing up. Scotland's period product bill, why Australia is falling behind in feminine hygiene equality. And story number three, the biggest story of the week. I'm not going to tell it to you, but it's got China, it's got hackers, and it's got bitcoins. That's all I'm going to tell you. That's all I'm going to give you. What is our mandate? Tim Rubin. It's super creepy to reanimate somebody's dead father for their birthday. Nick Stewart. I really leaned into trying to get radicalised by ISIS. You're listening to Off Air. I believe it's this. What are you trying to do with your fingers? We're on, okay? We're talking. This is the podcast. <laughs> Hello, Nick. Hello, Tim Rubin. How are you? Still stuck in Sydney? I'm still stuck in Sydney. The borders are still closed, um, although we're making the most of it. Have you seen my Facebook and Instagram? I have. You've been pushing the agenda of bug- budgie smugglers since I've known you, so for about half a decade now, and it really disappoints me that you've somehow lured Ellie into your trap of trying to become a budgie smuggler model. We <laughs> we went to the budgie smuggler shop and have bought matching budgie smugglers with the same dolphin print, and we look like the wankiest couple in the world when we swan around Bondi now. Do people uh, look, because previously you just looked a little bit like a flamboyantly gay bear uh, when you wore them, and often I would when we would go swimming together in far north Queensland, a lot of people would give us really odd looks because I had really long hair at the time as well. So they thought you were a part of it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. It's great. It's very freeing. There's no (laughs) extra material. Um, I'm dry very quickly. It's a bit of, you know, when you're walking from the car in just the budgie smugglers, it's a lot. We should share this photo. I'll put the photo in the podcast yeah, group, um, yeah. off air so that people can see what we're talking about. Put the but front yeah, that's photo my... though, because you're, you're a hairy man and there's a lot of, there's a lot of ass hair in that back photo that you put up. I've got to be honest. <laughs> I really pe- I was like, man, he needs to nair a little bit just on the cheeks or something. <laughs> So that's been, um, <laughs> I don't even think it's near. I think you need to go to a dog groomer or something. <laughs> you could plat that. <laughs> it's that bad. That's been my week. I'm still stuck in Sydney. Normally I live in uh, Melbourne slash Bendigo lately, but mm. yeah, living in Sydney since the borders have been closed. Nick, um, you're in, you're in Toowoomba and yes. Brisbane and Queensland. I think six cases today sucked in Brisbane. Welcome to the rest of the world. Savage case of a three-day lockdown. We barely survived. We made it through. Uh, you know, thoughts and prayers for everyone that was affected. Uh, now we just have to wear a mask for two weeks and everything's going to be fine. I don't know why. Do, do you think warm climates somehow are more responsive to coronavirus? Why have we been largely unaffected up here in Queensland? Because you close the border to absolutely everybody Good. and because so you're a 14-hour drive away. That's so why. We There's should have closed the border years ago. It's the best <laughs> thing we've ever done. And people are heckling uh, Mark McGowan over in Western Australia, the acting premier of the premier over there. Mate, they're doing fine. They're the, they're the least inhabited place on earth outside of Antarctica and they've had less cases. Good on them. I'm all for it. <laughs> I just I've loved seeing people posting on Facebook and on Instagram, people in Brisbane saying saying things like getting ready for the three day lockdown, <laughs> really gearing up, need some podcast recommendations. Firstly, obviously ours. Secondly, <laughs> fuck you guys. Anyone that was stressed about three days of lo- like three days of lockdown sounds nice for any single Victorian. Seeing this, it's been infuriating. Adelaide did it as well. They were so nervous about their five-day lockdown. Oh, look, feel- we, we can't help that we're just superior states and we're able to control the virus better than you guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we don't uh, have an oppressive dictator running the show that oh, yeah. <laughs> either either cares too much about it or doesn't care enough about it, depending on who you ask. 
depending on your political leaning. Exactly. So did you right. have to do anything? Because you're in Toowoomba, you didn't have to lock down, did you? No, we didn't have to do. Uh, we didn't have to do anything. And Jazz and I were down in Brisbane, but we came back on the first of January, and the it, it all kicked off from the second. So no, we were we were totally unaffected up here. Although we did notice people bought up on toilet paper, uh, which again, I don't know why that's a thing in 2021. As is. As is tradition. Exactly. As as we all know, in pandemics, everyone gets diarrhea. Um, you must buy the toilet paper. Yep. And we noticed that it was a lot less busy up here because a lot of people were obviously having to isolate because they'd been down in Brisbane. So there wasn't that many people out on the streets or in the shopping centers or anything like that. So it's all, look, it's fine. We're, we're here for it. I think it's a good thing to do a short, sharp one. And it was an opportunity for them to get on con- on top of the contact tracing I'll say that word again for our New South Wales listeners. It's called contact tracing. I know you guys haven't, not not familiar with it, but it can be pretty handy during pandemics. Um, so, no, we're cruising along, man. Everything's good. Story number one. Well, um, yeah, we're, we're just going to dive straight in. Last week, Nick, I said these words. Nick, has it finally peaked? Is this the last Trump story that we're going to have to deal with? And uh, Nick, this is how you get the big jobs in media with cutting edge insights um, into things like like that exact moment. That was me talking about Donald Trump's phone scandal. Um, and then less than 24 hours later, a group of thousands of insane, heavily armed Trump fueled patriots were storming the Capitol um, and five people died, which was very sad. Hmm. Uh, so it's, I mean, it's a huge story and there are so many different parts to it. So before I get into it, into it, um, I was wondering, is, is there a subplot that you have followed that you've enjoyed the most? I don't Do you know. Like- the whole thing is just a shit show. I don't even want to get into the storming of the Capitol because that's already old news to me, but I just want to know if there's been a side story that you've followed. I mean, there's the horns guy. There's the person that was walking around with the lectern. He's been charged. Well, the now. horns guy was the MVP. The Q shaman was obviously the MB- MVP of the day. If it was a sporting event, he walked away the winner. Uh, a fantastic costume. B really kept us going with his antics. C gave us possibly the best meme of 2021 within six days, which was the one what where, was it that? Said, where it said, Jamiroquai's new album. No, disappointing. no, no. My favorite one was man. 2020 was weird. Day six of 2021. And it was <laughs> yeah. him standing behind the speaker's lectern. So did you know that horns guy is actually um, being held? He's in custody at the moment. Yeah. Um, he's going to be awaiting trial and his mum has put out a, a thing on Facebook saying how um, unhappy he is. Um, apparently, he is deteriorating very, very quickly. He's choosing not to eat any of the jail food because mm. none of it is purely organic. So Horns Guy is actually having a really rough time. Is Horns Guy your favorite subplot? Or the, it's either that or the chick that was crying because she said that she'd been tear gassed and then she's clearly holding an onion in a towel and rubbing an onion above her eyes. Which I'm assuming is not a standard tear gas remedy. That's what if I had, or or okay, here's my third one, which I also love, is that Chuck Norris had to come out and deny he was at the rally because there was a Chuck Norris impersonator at the rally taking Brilliant. photos with people. So I mean, I mean obviously, a lot of if good Chuck stuff. Norris had been at the rally, then they would have still been holding the Capitol. Well, they exactly. Would have had- <laughs> so. It's a given that he wasn't. My favorite subplot is, have you seen the story of Eugene Goodman? No. Does that name mean anything to you? Eugene Goodman. Eugene Goodman. You would have seen the footage of when the crowd was kind of bustling through the door and Mm. there was one um, black police man standing. And he had like, he had nothing. He had like a nightstick and they were all kind of coming forward. And then eventually... Uh, he was kind of moving forward and moving back and then they chased him and you could see them chasing him. Mm. I think that was some of the most famous footage. The story behind that footage is amazing. So Eugene Goodman did that whole thing on purpose. So when people started to first break in and they were coming in through the windows and everything, he um, swept the building and he saw that there were a huge number of the Congress people who hadn't been secured yet and hadn't, I think they have underground tunnels and things like that. Yeah. Um, and they were still just in rooms because basically the word was still getting out. And so uh, Eugene swept the building, saw that they were still around. And so he goaded 
the crowd into chasing him and basically because he knows the layout of the building took them on a wild goose chase (laughs) into like the cafeteria area back around the back area of the lobby so he literally saved wow i I mean it's speculative but yeah those people were out for blood like they were carrying they were carrying a lot of guns they were carrying zip ties they they brought a guillotine they wanted they wanted to cut mike pence's head off they were making makeshift nooses and throwing them over trees. Yeah. So if they would have caught any of those Congress people, I can't imagine what would have happened. And um, yeah, that video that looks like this terrified man not yeah. knowing what to do was actually him just totally kind of that running is, the show. So that is a Eugene Goodman, his move. name needs to be known. I love that. That's that's the only good news story I've heard come out of this, to be honest. It's, it's pretty incredible. So, uh, man, thanks for sharing. That's really, really cool. Uh, yeah. I, I okay. can't help but blame video games, Tim. I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, can we look much further than Far Cry than to know that this was going to happen? I mean, they all looked like characters from Far Cry. It was incredible. Uh, yeah. It's what? Okay. Get into the stuff you want to talk about now. Okay. All right. So the fallout um, that I find most interesting is not the, uh, the, the capital stuff, but the fact that um, Donald Trump First, during all of this, had his Twitter blocked and then totally banned. Mm. Um, He went on to try and use the White House Twitter and other Twitters, all of which were immediately blocked. Um, He's since been completely blocked from Twitter permanently, uh, completely banned from Facebook. And he's then moved over to an app called Parler, which is basically an alt-right app. And the app has now been dropped by the Apple App Store, Google App Store, and is no longer even supported by Amazon. Um, I did my best to do research. I'm still unsure of what's happening to Trump's TikTok account. <laughs> but <laughs> I saw Pornhub blocked him as well, which I thought was an interesting move. <laughs> I mean, they've got to get involved. Yeah. So so what I think is really interesting about this is the world is now having a conversation about free speech in the digital age like we've never seen before. And a lot of other politicians are shaking in their boots, including Australian politicians. Yeah. Um. What do you think of that straight away when when people start discussing free speech in response to what has been happening with Trump and now not being able to use his favorite toy? I think it is a great way for us to not really look at what's going on in the world. Uh, first things first, are you familiar at all with how many Americans actively access Donald Trump's Twitter account? No, I don't know. Do you know the number? Yeah. Do you want to have a stab in the dark? What would you say? Well, obviously, Twitter is his most powerful tool. Everyone has said that. It helped him get elected. Blah, 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 blah. What do you think the percentage of Americans that would daily look at Donald Trump's Twitter account would be? Oh, we daily? Can do, we, can do, we can do weekly if you want. Yeah, let's go weekly because okay. you've got to be real fanatical to check in daily. But I think, I mean, with someone crazy like Trump, he's doing stuff all the time. So once a week, I would probably have a look at it. Um, let's say 20 million Americans. Oh, 20 million out of 400. You probably, it's 8, 8%. 8% of Americans actively look at Donald Trump's Twitter account or see things on Twitter. It is okay. not, it's not a very big number at all. So it's always been a bit of a fallacy that Twitter is this giant, powerful tool for him. The fact is he puts crazy shit up on Twitter and then the American media speak about it or it gets shared on Facebook and other platforms. So, (laughs) I mean, there's a million different ways to dissect this because the other part is he does, uh, someone made a very good point very early on in the piece and all of these thoughts are probably going to be semi-regurgitated. Uh, by the time we're talking about it. But he he literally has a room in his house he can go into anytime he wants and talk to the media and field questions from the media. And he has uh, actively chosen not to do that. So it's not exactly silencing his voice. Uh, They're a private company. They're allowed to do that. Uh, As in Twitter is allowed to do that. They're allowed to kick anyone on or off the platform that they want to. But I do also think it's a curious thing that uh, that social media has the power to take away the voice of the most powerful man in the world. It's it's weird. It's a weird concept. I think I I don't know where I stand on it, but it's weird. I'm assuming you're pretty happy that they've they've shit canned him. Yeah, I'm happy about it. Um, but I'm really interested in seeing the different responses around the world. So Josh Frydenberg, who's our liberal deputy leader, mm. he was on the news. 
and he actually defended Donald Trump, which I thought was a very big call. And he <laughs> he said, and this is the wankiest thing in the world, he said, let me quote Voltaire. Um, I may not agree with you, but I will defend your right to say it. So <laughs> I think as soon as you um, are quoting Voltaire, you're probably losing a large number of the Australian yep. public. Yep. Do you think that it's important that Donald Trump, I mean, do you think that it's important for democracy in general that everybody has access to the same platforms? Well, we've already made that. We've already drawn that line in the sand. That line has already been, this is the thing I don't uh, understand about this entire argument is that this is not something that has just happened. There is scripture and books and organizations and groups in society that definitely exist that I find abhorrent. And we have, you can't buy Mein Kampf. You, there is literature out there and there is words out there that we already have said is so bad that we do not want to adhere to it as a society. So mm-hmm. why is this all of a sudden a debate now? That's the thing. It's, it, w- free speech doesn't mean you're free from persecution. And that's the yeah. thing. So you can, yeah, I think that people should be able to say what they want. But also, at the same time, other people can call them fuckwits. And that's what's good. And so that's obviously what's happened at this point. I do think that it's concerning. There is bigger things at play than just Donald Trump's Twitter. And I think that, that the concern Yeah, you alluded is, to that before. What are, you, what are you talking about when you keep on saying that this is kind of a, a distraction from the bigger conversation? We're watching a civilization crumble. Let me list a couple of these. Just run through them, Tim. Give me your thoughts. So, a failure of states causing more violence. Let's just look at America and see if there's a giant divide in the in, between Democratic and Republican states right now. I think it's fair yep. to say that that is definitely happening. And that's definitely caused violence. Yeah, I'll give you that. A new disease. Okay. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Who wrote these? Did someone write these yesterday? No, these are are based off researching ancient civilizations. So this is why the Egyptian civilization and the Roman civilization crumbled. Uh, A giant migration of people which is most certainly happening more so than ever in, in most countries. But you can see a large proportion of Mexican people trying to move across America, a large proportion of American people moving from coast to coast. Yeah. Uh, and I would also say that as global warming becomes more of an issue, we're pr- uh, potentially uh, going to uh, see. Uh, I'm stealing your third one. Okay, go on. Fourth one, climate change. <laughs> Changing in the but climate change. Of- but climate change wasn't a thing for for the ancient Roman civilization. Yes, it was. So climate look- still changed, Tim. We have just escalated in the past 150 right. years. Okay. Climate You're change was still our an issue. Climate- no, no. You're talking no. about climate change as a concept. Yeah. Yeah, as in the changing of climates forced mass migration. Okay. Uh, because it does happen over time. And then the fifth one is instability of leadership, which obviously we ticks the box. So that is literally what they think the five key principles to a civilization crumbling are. And it generally takes between 250 and 350, 400 years. And every, every type of leadership in general has a finite period of time, whether it's communism, whether it's socialism, whether it's democracy, whether it's democratic socialism, whether it's being run by an autocrat or a dictatorship or oligarchs. And we're, we're reaching the 250 mark with the US being the, being the leaders in free, free democracy or capitalist democracy, whichever one you want to call it. So, yeah, I, I, look, I think it's very, I think it's um, spooky and eerie how spot on those dot points do line up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it could be, it could be a little bit overly, overly dramatic to say that this is going to be the crumble of the American civilization. When we do live, I mean, we live in a completely different time. You could compare the ancient Roman, ancient Greek, ancient um, Egyptian civilizations because they essentially lived in the same world. Whereas nowadays, all of the countries are so connected. We have international bodies. We are connected um, via the internet. I can't imagine that an entire civilization is just going to collapse. Yeah, but I the think other it key might thing shift is... and move down the line in terms of its power internationally. Well, I wouldn't suggest it's going to collapse. It'll just change. It's just, a, it's, it's a collapsing of the current form. Is it really, would it surprise you? Because the other key element is the, like the elites, the billionaires of America are now very divided in what they would like to see happen. You have these new 
ultra billionaires that have come out of Silicon Valley, which for the most part have very liberal ideals. They're very leftist. They're very, they're very left leaning in what they want to see happen with the world. And then you have the old guard of really old mm-hmm. money in America who are naturally very conservative people, uh, consistently Republican voting. They want to see less governance, all of that type of stuff. So when you have these giant forces at play, then, you know, they're both trying to compete for their own patch and they both have unlimited resources. So is it not more likely that America could potentially split into uh, two separate countries? Maybe. I actually would love to see that. I feel like that <laughs> would actually be a great solution if all of the progressive forward-thinking and intel- uh, intelligent people just moved to the top. <laughs> and then the South, who want to keep the Confederate flag and all of that bullshit, just do it. Just run it yourself. And and that's kind of what we've seen happen because when um, when I said just before how Apple, Google, Amazon have all dropped this parlor app, which mm. is this alt-right app. Yeah. What they haven't done is they haven't said you are not allowed to communicate to people via an app. They've just said, okay, build your own app. Yeah. And you're going to have to build your own uh, network for that app to exist upon. And you're going to have to build your, your own internet for that <laughs> network to exist upon. And so I would just love to see how all of these people go. I mean, I just love the irony that we keep on seeing of these people with these 5G conspiracies doing Facebook videos and sharing those videos using 5G. Yeah. Um, I think the, cra- I mate, the, crazy, see, I- the craziest shit is the fact that we have fucking, uh, you know, we have legitimate members of our parliament that have actively gotten angry about Donald Trump's censorship on Twitter, yet they block people all the time on their own Facebook pages. George Christensen, proud Queenslander, uh, at the moment is trying to start a campaign against censorship from Twitter, despite the fact he is notorious for blocking hundreds of people off his own Facebook page for copying crap about the fact he's the member for Manila Mm. and spends more time in Southeast Asia than he does in his own constituency. So this is so you're actually raising an interesting point, and this is the next thing that I wanted to talk about: is where do we figure out where are the lines in the sand? Because at the moment there are a huge amount of double standards that exist. I, um, like you guessed before, I'm pro Donald Trump being kicked off these platforms. Mm. Um, Michael McCormack, who's our acting prime minister at the moment. Um, he actually said, if you're going to take down Donald Trump's Twitter feed, then we have to think very carefully about also taking down this photo. And he was referring to that photo that China had doctored of the SAS soldier um, killing the child in the Middle East. And that's something that we've spoken about previously uh, on on our podcast. Now, I think that in general, Michael McCormack is basically, look, I don't think very highly of him. I think he's pretty much an idiot with the political tact of Thomas the Tank Engine. Mm -hmm. But he does have a point. And the point is, where are the lines and who makes the decisions? And at the See, moment, I don't those think he does have a He doesn't air. have a point with that, though, because I saw the same comment from him, who, by the way, let's all remember that any time Scott Morrison goes on holidays, which you make your own joke, uh, he is the leader of our <laughs> insert, country. Insert joke here. <laughs> exactly. He is the leader of our country because we have the LNPs in. So we're half fucking governed by a bunch of lunatics that that just just might be crazier than Barnaby Joyce. Like Barnaby Joyce is currently looking like the the good solution for leadership of the National Party. Um, but he doesn't have a point when bringing up that photo because what is his argument? Because he said that Twitter should take that photo down. So, if so he that's, thinks- that is his point. No, that is his point. Is he saying if Donald Trump is being banned, why hasn't this photo been banned? Yeah. So, but what why, side is he on? Some- so Sorry? does he think, what side is he on? That's what he's I don't saying, understand. Well, no, no, he's actually saying that if we are going to ban things, we need to be banning more things. That's the point that I think he's making. So he's saying but that. I, so is so he is saying that Donald Trump should have been banned, but also this photo should have been because the opposite yes. is the opposite is he's saying Donald Trump shouldn't have been banned, but this photo should because, have because because or because this photo hasn't been. I think he's really just raising the question, and I think it's a legitimate question: is where are the lines? Like at the moment, we're all operating in a system that doesn't have guidelines because it's being run by. Facebook and Twitter, which are corporations, and they don't have a constitution or a set of laws like we're used to operating within. Yeah. Do you think that that, that do you think that that's a problem that we're basically entering a phase in the world 
where the most powerful organization is not a government? Um, yes, but I also think that that comes down to personal responsibility. I also think that that is, that is, you can't act as if these are your mum and dad because you have other options. Like a big problem is that, especially in the last Australian election, a lot of people got their information off memes. So my solution Mm. would be stop being so fucking stupid and do some research because the rest of the internet is still available to you. Like don't take your political insights from Facebook or Twitter. And when did we start believing what politicians say? Like, what does it actually matter what Donald Trump says? What does it actually matter what no, Malcolm Turnbull says? of course it actually matters said? because he incited a riot, Nick. Yeah. Know, it 100% matters. If you're, going to, if you're going to rile up lunatics, tell them to arm themselves and tell them to storm a building no, but with when politicians did, what, in it, sorry, let then me, it does matter what he let says. Let me rephrase that. When did we start believing what politicians say? Right, okay. When did we start to actually believe that any politician is ever going to be honest about anything? Because the, when when I grew up, it was, well, I feel like it was widely established and well known that you shouldn't believe politicians, that no one yeah, but, should believe politicians. But that's not the world that a lot of people live in. A lot of people go, this is my guy. I trust him. I believe in him. Well, I can't help the stupid Tim. I can't help. I want to. <laughs> I put this up on our Facebook page in the Off Air Podcast community. This is where we uh, talk about all of the topics from each week. John Stewart wrote something great. He said Trump and the re-Trumplicans, yeah, um, have forgotten they enshrined the right for private companies to refuse service during marriage equality campaigns. Mm. Or. All as a response to a baker refusing to make a cake for a same-sex wedding. Can't have it both ways. Oh, and maybe they need to learn that freedom of speech is not freedom from consequences, which is something that we brought up. But this is uh, something that we've seen communicated a lot, is that when Trump is saying that this is an attack on free speech, and a lot of people are saying this is an attack on free speech, Twitter is its own company. They're allowed to make their own decisions about what they do. And if anything, Twitter should have the right to their free speech. I don't think that anybody has the right to somebody else's platform. You can have free speech. You can stand up and say whatever you want outside your window, but nobody is being forced to publish that in the same way that I couldn't call a newspaper and say, you have to publish my beliefs on this because then the newspaper would explode. You've hit on a key point there, Tim, and you're exactly right because the second part of the word social media is media. And that's, these are still media organizations. They like, if you, if you boil down what you think your concept of media is, is essentially just a mouthpiece. Media is just a mouthpiece for any voice. And you're right. You couldn't call up, you can have an opinion, but you can't call up Sky News or Fox or CNN or any other organization or Channel 9 or any of those. You can't just call them up and say, Hey, give me half an hour. I've got some fucking thoughts. Mm. So, and that's exactly the same on social media. Social media has the right to stop whoever they want to stop. Uh, Yeah. Look, people might be a little bit scared of it, but you're uh, also go find your own shit. Go, go find something else. There's plenty of other ways for your voice to be heard. People are not going to not listen to Donald Trump because he's not on Twitter. Like if Donald Trump, we still have had statements from Donald Trump through other people that have gone on to Twitter. So his voice is still going to be heard. And as I said, he still has the right to go into the press room every day and hold a press conference where he needs to actually be open and valuable to journalists. What we actually need is a high standard of journalism. That's what, that's what is more required and less biased journalism. And that doesn't even exist in America. It's very hard to accomplish. Um, oh, another couple of comments that I've really liked from the Facebook group, Bianca, um, who I believe her family is from the United States. She wrote, I guess even the president of the United States doesn't fully understand what the First Amendment actually is. And that's uh, the right to free speech. But what we were just speaking about is it doesn't mean that you have the right to control a media organization. Um, and Matt, who wrote, this also isn't a suppression of free speech. He's welcome can say these things but no one is obligated to give him the digital version of a soapbox and a megaphone to do so mm-hmm. twitter is a company with its own rules there's also the issue that things like inciting violence and hate speech aren't protected under the first amendment but that's a whole other story mm. so i think that a lot of the people on our facebook page have really hit the nail on the head story number two at the end of 2020 um i'm not sure if you would have seen this scotland passed 
the period product free provisions bill, which means that it is coming into place literally while we speak. The bill puts a legal duty on local authorities, so that would be councils, to ensure that anyone who needs period products, uh, so tampons and pads, um, can obtain them for free. And this is nationwide in Scotland. Uh, New Zealand is doing something pretty similar. They're about to start the national school feminine hygiene product rollout. And what that means is that all of these products are going to be accessible for free at every school, no questions asked. Nick, have you heard about any of these uh, bills being rolled out in some of these other countries? And where do you think Australia is in this? I haven't heard uh, of either of those. I, I think that they're both great ideas. Uh, I do know something similar is happening in Queensland this year. There's, there's uh, the Share the Dignity, an organisation are working towards putting uh, dispensaries in, in a lot of public schools so that girls who potentially can't afford feminine hygiene products are able to access those for free. Uh, so, I, mate, I think it's a fantastic idea. Condoms are free. Uh, if, if you, if you can't afford condoms, you can go get condoms. There are organizations that give them out. It's a bad, it's a pretty simple example to give, but it, I, I look, I'm not a woman, uh, and I can't imagine how, in, uh, how fucking awkward that phase of your life can be, uh, starting to go through the menstruation process. And if you couldn't afford feminine hygiene products and you were stuck in a school and the embarrassment and how ruthless teenagers are, boys and girls. So I look, I think it's fantastic. I was blown away that I read in a couple of Facebook groups and, and I'm a fiend for reading comments, which is a terrible thing to do. It's um, the best. A lot of people were against yeah. it. A lot of people were anti this. And a lot of older people, and, and specifically women, were saying, well, if you can't sort it out yourself, and this is just another example wow. of people trying to budge off, bludge off situations, I was, I, was, uh, I was blown away. And it's a good reminder that we should never hope life is as hard for the next generation as, as it was for mm. us. You should always hope things get a little better. Uh, and this shouldn't be a taboo subject at all. The menstru you know, menstruation is something that happens to over 50% of our population. So it is a bit shitty that this is such a taboo subject, but I'm glad there are organizations like Share the Dignity, which are absolutely fantastic that are trying to address this. Yeah. So I didn't know I, that this was uh, looking at being rolled out in Queensland. Is it, is it locked in yet or are they just kind of uh, putting the plans in place? I think it's happening this year. I, uh, my okay. understanding is it's happening. Don't quote me. Definitely jump onto Google and get behind Share the Dignity. It's a, it's a fantastic charity and that Jazz and I support every single year. Um, that's wonderful. So at the moment in Australia... Um, I did a little bit of reading on this. I didn't see that Queensland was bringing it in, but halfway through last year, Victoria um, did also bring it in in schools. Mm. So free pads and tampons in all uh, public schools, which I think is wonderful. But I think it's really interesting that Australia is definitely behind the eight ball in these conversations. And I was looking at some of the statistics. According to a, a 2017 survey by Plan International, said that this is out of the UK, one in 10 girls in the UK don't have enough money to buy pads or tampons. And an estimated 14% have to create their own makeshift solutions, which is really abhorrent to imagine. Um, in the article, it goes into details talking about things like toilet paper and newspaper and stuff like that. New Zealand believes that around 90,000 female students may be staying at home during their period for lack of correct resources. Um, and it's something that they call period poverty, because if you do the maths, if a packet of tampons or pads or hygiene products is costing you up to ten dollars, seven, eight, nine, ten dollars, and you have to use a couple of them every single month. If you're fifteen and you don't have a lot of money, you probably don't have thirty dollars a month to spare on something like this. Um, why do you think that Australia is? It sounds like we're starting to move in the right direction with a few of our states, but on the whole, I mean, we're very behind the eight ball when it comes to these things. In 2019, we removed the GST uh, from tampons because at that point in time. They were still being classed as a luxury item, yeah. which I don't know <laughs> how that comes about. Why do we? Why do we just suck at this? Why, like, we? There are women in parliament. There are a lot of men in parliament who you would think would have their heads around the fact that women exist and experience a menstrual cycle. Why behind the eight ball, Nick? I don't have a good answer because there's a million answers, uh, but uh, but I think it says more. 
it, yeah, there's an element of oppression of women involved, but I actually think it says more over the overarching attitude when you have conservative leadership in place. Conservative leadership is excellent at convincing the middle class that it's the poor's fault and it's not the elite's fault. Mm. And that's where it gets, uh, that's where this frustration is. Like you look at uh, Michael McCormack, who you mentioned earlier in this, earlier in this podcast, his comments around uh, literally yesterday, he came out and accused people on JobKeeper of being lounge lizards and said that they should go bush and pick fruit because that's the only way they'll get a job, <laughs> which is fucking ridiculous for a number of reasons. A, the the uh, unemployment rates in regional towns are way higher than the unemployment rates in metro capitals. And secondly, uh, also the fact that fruit pickers, we all know that it's a little, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's it's essentially we're just getting a level of slave labor off backpackers so that they stay an yeah, extra year in our country. country. And not <laughs> to mention, it's not fucking practical. Like if, no. you're a, if you're a breadwinner for a family. What, are you meant to go like, bush and live in a donger with a bunch of fucking people and pick strawberries for $2.50 an hour? See, see you later, kids. Look after yourselves. Yeah. Good luck. Dad's going to go <laughs> pick some strawberries with some backpackers. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's not, if, if you have an actual, you know, if you have a corporate job, that's probably not not a realistic plan for you. And so this is coming out from the current leader of our country. Yes. Yes. Current leader of our country, Great. the guy in charge. Brilliant. So long story short, I think we have a really bad attitude in this country of persecuting what we perceive as dull bludgers or people that are unable to pay their way. And it's disgusting that we don't see that it's that a 15 year old is not a dull bludger and it's not a 15 year old's fault that they were born in a caravan park and have spent their life there and their parents are alcoholics or drug addicts and they're not able to provide for them. And mm. that's where we're really fucked up in this country at the moment. We need to take a good look at our social services and a good look at what the Australian values are. And I think the Australian values we all agree upon. I think there is a really key couple of elements of being laid back mateship, having a go uh, and also creating a fair environment for everything. There's some real key things that I think Australians believe in. So I don't know why we're leaning into a system that doesn't create a fair go for everyone. I would like to think that someone like Anthony Albanese, who is the leader of the opposition at the moment, who comes from housing commission in Sydney, could become prime minister of our country. I don't want to see a situation like America where you have to have $100 million in the bank to get to that point. So... I think that that is a large part of the reason, Tim, that we do lag behind in these situations because there's not middle class and wealthy people are not asking for free tampons. That's not what this situation is. It's trying to ensure that the poor in our country are afforded a fair go and are afforded mm. a situation which actually helps them. That's my and thought. It's such a, and, and it's such a spiral as well. Mm. You see these problems and it's not a one-off situation. So I think it's wonderful that um, this is being brought in in schools specifically to begin with because if you're missing days every single month of your entire, I mean, let's say you begin your menstrual, you know, I don't know, year seven, year eight, something like that. If you're missing days every single uh, month of your high school career, then what percentage of education are you missing out on mm. because you don't have the financial ability to have the hygiene products to allow you to go? And then once you have that lower level of education, then you, uh, you have less opportunities when it comes to university, you have less job opportunities, and then it becomes this gigantic cyclic thing. And if you happen to come from a disenfranchised background, then you get stuck in that background and you remove uh, you remove the tools that society is uh, trying to build that will allow you to to change the level that you are, are at or, or that you are potentially born into. So I think it's very cool that we're seeing it happen in schools. Yeah. Um, do you think that schools do you think that schools is enough? And why do you think it is only schools? I mean, if you were were uh, these these are being brought in by the government, it's being brought in by the New Zealand government. It's being pushed by Jacinta Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, obviously. Why is it just schools? That's a good question. I mean, I guess schools is an easy place to start. It's a, it's an easy place to put these because the other thing is uh, how do you, people in general, there's this real weird myth, which I don't understand that people really fucking love handouts. Like, and I don't, I don't fully get that. If you, if you have any friends who are unemployed or any friends and God knows we all probably do after the past 12 months, 
it's not yeah. like they fucking love getting uh, job seeker payments or they love getting the doll. Nobody loves getting these handouts. So the other part of it is I think it needs to be really tactfully managed. And I don't know how to fully do that, but whether you have a cubicle or a store within the girls' bathrooms where they can go, because I'm sure a lot of people don't want to be seen taking these handouts because then it's gonna, it's, that's going to have a negative social effect on them as well. So yeah. how, how would you sort of manage that in a, in a broader sense? Yeah, practically. Um, well, the way that Scotland is going about it is they they have said that um, they this drop is them out of helicopters. Just <laughs> <laughs> just throw drones. There's an app you hit. <laughs> it's not um, great for dams and lakes, but <laughs> <laughs> um, the way that Scotland is looking at it is they're saying that it should be considered the same as toilet paper and soap. In just every single bathroom should have it. It should just be in. I mean, the same as female bathrooms have those little um, disposal bins mm. uh they should just be accessible if you have a cubicle there should also be a little slot where that exists and so it's accessible to anybody who's using it i think it's wonderful that it's happening in scotland i think it's wonderful that there's movement um across all of new zealand and the start of movement in australia i think we have a lot of catching up story number three nick the biggest story week i know that uh you and everybody who has been listening has been holding out for this one you've been thinking tim why has this not come up yet been dilly dallying around with these other fluff pieces. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? <laughs> so hackers, Nick, hackers have been taking people's dicks ransom. Yes, you heard me. Not their dick pics have been literally taking people's dicks for ransom. No, I'm not joking. What? So there is a problem. There's a product. It is called the Cellmate Chastity Cage. Um, it's made by a Chinese sex toy company yeah. called Qi. You there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Love that. You there? Yeah. It's a male chastity belt uh, that you put your stuff in, and um, because it's 2021, of course, it's controlled by an app. So I think that if you are that type of, if you're in that type of relationship where you like your partner controlling every part of your life. You give your partner the app and then they can lock your junk. Yeah. And hackers have worked out how to hack the bloody app. And now they've been sending people messages saying, your dick is mine. And then they've said, you need to deposit X amount of money in Bitcoin into this amount. Uh, the hackers have been asking for 0.02% of a Bitcoin, which is currently at about 1000 Australian dollars. Nick, have you seen this story? Are you at the forefront of it? Have you been sent the message? I haven't been sent the message. I, I don't have handcuffs for my penis that are controlled by a phone, unfortunately. Wouldn't this be playing? My first thought is, though, isn't this playing directly into what the people with the little penis cages want? Like, doesn't this it doesn't this feed completely into their fetish? Like, oh no, don't control me more. <laughs> oh god, oh, no, I'm being controlled by an even more powerful source. <laughs> well, it's very funny that you it's very funny that you jump straight to that, Nick. Because ironically, the hackers have posted on Twitter saying so far no one has paid the sum. <laughs> but they're all having an awesome time. <laughs> oh please let us out. Oh god, don't make me twist my nipples while my dick is stuck in this vice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man, what 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 why are we worried about Twitter censoring Donald Trump? Why aren't we more Man. worried about the weird fucking kinky sex shit that's going on in th in this century? Like it's next level. Um it does it does raise some interesting questions. I mean, I I don't believe in kink shaming. We've said this on our no, podcast before. No. It's a podcast for anyone. And I think that the people who are using these digital sex toys deserve more uh deserve more protection from the Australian <laughs> government at least. <laughs> from the Australian government. What do you mean? But check check what you're buying. But here's here's a, just a rule of thumb in general whether it comes okay. down to to de-licing or shampooing or whatever the fuck you have to do down there, put a bit of time into researching what you're doing with your genitals. I, I had a friend that tried to get um, bug be gone. He, th he thought he had crabs at schoolies, so he sprayed oh, his no. crutch with bug be gone and gave himself second-degree burns. So just in general, 
whether you got an Innie or an Audi down there or you got both or whatever you're doing with that region, treat okay, it with a right, little bit you. of, uh, whether it's a vagina or a penis or you got both or you got half of one and half of the other, just treat treat your sensitive areas with a little bit of respect. Just a little bit of respect and put a bit of time into researching what you're doing with them. That's That's my thoughts. <laughs> Biggest story of the week. I have to wrap it up with that one. I have to bring it home. What would and Nick, what what would your advice be? Like, let's say someone was in that situation where they'd got that text message. Um, what would you say to them? Just, uh, just sit down and enjoy the ride, baby. Loop it up and just have fun. Whatever. You, you're probably going to have yeah. a good time. And, don't get, and it, my advice for the hackers is don't ask for Bitcoin because it's dropped 20% since our podcast last week. So, has it really? Yeah. It's gone down again straight away. Of there course you go. it has because it's a, it's a bullshit currency. I called it. I said, as soon as you start seeing ads on a bus shelter, it's already peaked. You know exactly. what it is good to invest in, though? These cellmate chastity cages by the Chinese company Kiwi. Because those guys, I'll tell you, if there is a one in 100 chance that your cellmate chastity cage gets taken over by a hacker and you really get dominated, that's what you're into. I reckon that's going to be going through the roof right now. Well, I haven't checked well, the share prices is, on them. Who is trusting a Chinese company with their junk? At the, at the moment, more so than ever. Like, we've all been told that TikTok is stealing our data or it is mm-hmm. some sort of crazy algorithm to take our stuff. Like, why would you trust a communist-run country with your dick? That's... <laughs> All right. Well, the last story was a big one. Um, let's wrap this up. Do you have a Nick, do you have a Nick pick for us this week, Nicholas? I do. Nick picks. There's a fantastic Kiwi artist called Marlon Marlon Williams who uh, has released some new music recently. He's also an actor. He's been in some good stuff. He's in A Star Is oh, Born. Cool. Um, he was also in a terrible Australian movie called The True History of the Kelly Gang. I don't know if you caught Ooh. that one in two th- 2019. Who is he in A Star Is Born? Uh, there aren't that many characters. A, he sings not a song. Lady He's, Gaga. No, no, and it's not Bradley Cooper. Uh, maybe it's one of the the um uh. What do you call? Why have all this all this dick and advice chats got me all sideways? One of the drag queens. Yeah, maybe the he's one of the drag queens. I don't know, but he sings a song in it. Um, but he's he's just a, he's a great Kiwi crooner, uh, and he's recently released a new pseudo folk album. Uh, with a couple of Canadian artists, it's 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 really good stuff. So it's uh, I'm looking it's at called... his stuff. I'm looking at him right now on Wikipedia, and I he's watched a weird, a star good-looking guy. I don't remember him being in the movie. He's... I think he could be fudging his IMDb. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> he's got one of those weird I don't know faces that is just attractive, but it shouldn't be. Like clearly, the sum of parts works. I don't know, okay. but uh, there's a but, weird yeah. thing. There's a lot of forehead. It's got yeah, a lot of forehead. Yeah, weird, he's got, weird. He's got, some he's got a boxer's nose as well, but it all it all, all sort of hangs together. Um, uh, the album's called Plastic Bouquet. It's nice. I listened okay. to it in the bath yesterday. It's good. I'm gonna check it out because um, your music Nick picks are actually my favorite Nick picks from you. I might um, just exclusively us... do music Nick picks moving on because it's the only thing I actually do weekly is look at something new. <laughs> yeah, no, give us those. Well, when you gave me uh, Toby Nagawa with Eat, oh, that was a great song. Seriously, I listen to that a lot. Um, I've got two Nick picks for you. Okay. Um, the first one is the uh, Tug Woods documentary that dropped its uh, launch by HBO, and so you can see it on Foxtel. Have you heard about this, the Tiger Woods doco? See, if we're talking about kink shaming, there's a man that really got undone. I love Tiger Woods. I've heard about it. I don't necessarily want to watch it. Isn't it all just about what kinky stuff he was into with all the porn it's, stars he banged? It's good. It's really good. So there are two episodes. They're about an hour and a bit, maybe an hour and a half each. Only the first episode has dropped so far, and it's incredible. And it's really just building up to that stuff. Mm. And so there actually hasn't been any of that like crazy stuff until literally the last 40 seconds. And then it's like next week. Um, so, but it's it's amazing to see, to learn in the same way that the Michael Jordan documentary really showed you, if you weren't a massive basketball fan, the life. I mean, how somebody becomes that level of top performing athlete, not just physically, but mentally, what type of family life they have. Um, seeing that and, and just appreciating how freaking good he is at golf. I mean, it is crazy. I'm not a golfer. I've never watched golf. Watching him playing in the Masters and being ahead by 15 strokes mm. from 
the entire rest of the pack is absolutely insane. So it's really, really interesting. And it goes into a lot, uh, the, the relationship that he has with his father. Not um, only that, so- but he was winning masters at golf clubs or sorry, he was winning major tournaments at golf clubs that some had only just allowed black members at those clubs. Like he yes. is, he is a, he is a cultural icon akin to the way Muhammad Ali was a cultural icon to boxing. Mm. It yeah. is a very interesting story. And I think as well, like when you build somebody up to that level, mm. it has to come crashing down. Like, I don't know about Muhammad Ali's personal life, but I wonder if the type of media scrutiny existed today that exists, uh, if that were to exist back then, I'm sure they would have found some dirt on him because you just can't live at that level. Well, he did get put in jail. He probably, he probably had a fucking did he go to jail. Muhammad Ali? Muhammad Ali. Okay. All right. Go read about, go, go. Okay. I'm going to learn about Muhammad okay, Ali. Go learn about Muhammad Ali. <laughs> um, I have I a second recommendation. I thought he beat up that guy that made a grill. <laughs> I have a second recommendation because you can only see the Tiger Woods doco on Foxtel and a lot of people don't have Foxtel. So my second one is a podcast. Uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is a great podcast. He sits down with a different media personality each week and a lot of them are great comedians. Oh, cool. So I've listened to uh, Tina Fey and Amy Schumer so far and they're wonderful listens. But I would hazard yeah, a guess wow. that you could pretty much just pick out any... And what's cool about it is, A, Conan O'Brien, really funny guy who grew up in the, uh, like, New York improv SNL world. And then now we think of him as just the late night TV show guy. But he's an incredibly talented performer, is really good, genuine friends, and has spent a lot of time with a lot of these guests. And he basically has created this podcast the same reason that we created our podcast. And he said he was tired of having to do you know the five minute chats Mm. on the tv shows with these constraints and it's just him cutting loose for 45 minutes with some of these funny people so it's really enjoyable to listen because he's clearly actually enjoying it so he was he was one of the head writers of the simpsons when the simpsons was a relevant and good show he was yeah yeah it's he's he's crazy super tall too like six foot five crazy tall dude (laughs) That's how he does it. Yeah. Okay. Those uh, those are my Nick picks. If you're still hanging around with us, oh, I said we, that last week. You made fun. You of are. Me. You are hanging around with us. It's a podcast. You don't have a choice. If you are hearing our words now, you're here. <laughs> and jump on our Facebook page. We would love for you to be involved every single week. We talk about the topics throughout the week. Um, just search off air podcast community in Facebook and get involved and tell us your thoughts on um, the things that we've been discussing this week. And you can help us out by giving us your opinion on the topics for next week. Um, anything else? Oh, and give us some stars. Give us some stars. Go ahead. You've been really pushing the stars agenda. I've noticed that like- it's been... I'll take any. I'll take any star. Maybe you can. Maybe for my birthday, you can do that thing where you name a star after me in some far off galaxy or something. I'm, I'm getting you one of those stars. Chinese, Chinese dick things. <laughs> That's what you're getting. You've been listening to Off Air. Remember to like and subscribe. People are entitled to their sexual proclivities.